Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running a homebrew uh, campaign set in the world of Eberron called Eberron the Second Morning. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to be a patron of Sly Flourish and help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash flourish and become a, becoming a patron. Patrons help pay for all the bandwidth and all of the websites and, and services and all the different little odds and ends that it takes to keep the show up. So for those of you who are patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you very much. So uh, what did we do last time? Our group... So I, I never know how to like summarize this. So I'm going to try to summarize it as succinctly as possible. It'd be great if I had like a two sentence description of where my campaign was going, but it's a long campaign. The characters began in the, in the city of Sharn, where they learned that a villain named Leto Skull, who was an Oni, was secretly trying to put together the next weapon of mourning, the weapon that was uh, uh, recreate the weapon that destroyed Sire and turned it into the Mornland, um, was doing so for power. Uh, it turns out there are multiple factions that were involved in this. And uh, Leto Skull was involved in many of these factions, including the Emerald Claw, uh, the Droam, the monstrous nation of the Droam, and others, and including just doing it himself. Uh, the characters chased him all throughout Sharn, and he uh, fled uh, to, eventually fled to uh, the Mornland, but uh, made his way over to Droam. The characters were kind of following his trail and ended up in um, the Mornland themselves. Uh, everything is now starting to come together as Leto Skull, the daughters of Sorakal, Sorakel, the daughters of Sorakel, who are um, the leaders of the Drom, the monstrous nation of the Drom, um, the Lord of Blades, or, or followers of the Lord of Blades, and Leto Skull himself, are all making their way to the city of Making in the center of Eberron, which is where the weapon, the original weapon that caused the mourning was built and uh, went off whatever it is. Um, our characters have been traveling on a sentient Warforged train, and a very powerful, somewhat unbalanced, uh, murderous uh, Warforged train named Karshak. Uh, Karshak, in order for Karshak to take them to making, they have agreed with Karshak that they will recover the memory crystals of Karshak's mate, a, fe a fellow train named Mycenta. Uh, Mycenta's memory crystals are being held by a uh, member of House Orion named uh, Gareth, uh, Gareth the Orion, and he is being protected by assassins from House Therani in the Academy of Eberron in the city of um, uh, Faragon in the Mornland. The city is now a ruin, right? It, the Faragon was one of the cities of Sire that was destroyed. Uh, I'm making it up. It's, it doesn't exist in the books. So, um, so the characters have made their way into Faragon. They battled a tremendously powerful artifact-eating monster um, called a, not a Cenobite. Cenobites are the, the pinhead guys from Hellraiser. Great movie, by the way, Hellraiser. Um, and um, my mom should watch Hellraiser. Is my mom still here? She should... She just watched Cabin in the Woods. I think she should watch Hellraiser next. I don't think she'll like it. Um, and uh, what the hell is the name of that? Celebrith, Celebrith, Calarail, Calarail. I think a Calarail. That sounds right. No, that's not right. I don't know what it is. They fought a very powerful, like huge mutated gorilla creature that ate artifacts. 
uh, was really hard. They had a really hard time with that, but they did beat him. They beat, they beat it. And now they have made their way to the Academy of Eberron. They found a sewer system underneath it and then have snuck up into the uh, Academy of Eberron, the ruined Academy of Eberron, where House Therani assassins are holding Geneth D. Orion who is holding the crystal of my center. So that's where we are beginning the adventure. Uh, one of the interesting things that happened last week that I thought was worthy of conversation is um, that they decided they, they, they were going to infiltrate their way into uh, the Academy of Eberron. But, and they, and, and so they were like, we're going to look around. And I talked about how there was a collapsed street that led into tunnels that were beneath the, um, that were beneath it. And I had not prepped anything for it. I had no idea that they were going to do that. And so uh, we, we were talking in Discord uh, earlier about like, how do you improvise maps? And I had to, right? I was in a situation where they took a direction. I wanted to give them options. I just hadn't filled out all the options. So I quickly ran to Dyson. Um, Dyson Logos is my go-to savior for maps. And um, uh, I'll paste it into the chat. Just in case anybody doesn't know about Dyson. If you don't know about Dyson, you should because it's really good. And I think I just went like sewers, right? Um, and I, I just, I, I kind of like, and, and I think this is the one I grabbed. I think I ended up grabbing this one. So I grabbed the second one. I typed in sewers and I said, okay, we're good. And I, I grabbed the map. Um, and I create, and I said, okay, you start off here and you're making your right down and there's like fetid water, nasty ass water, multiple paths, secret chambers. They skipped the secret chamber. They started making their way around here. They got attacked down here. They got attacked by a black pudding. That was great fun because I cheated and I had the black pudding split over and over and over again. We actually had a, I, I think we were close to having a, uh, like eight black puddings with a half a hit point each. It was hysterical. And, um, they uh, made their way along this path. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if there's any other trickery here. There were some sluices that they had to deal with, and they messed with the sluices. That was fun. And then they made their way into the secret chamber and climbed up these stairs and made their way into it. But I had to, like, improvise this whole thing. And I basically just went to a map. I went to Dyson Logos. I grabbed a map that was, like, the closest thing I could find. And then I grabbed my own copy of Sly Flourish's Lazy Dungeon Master Workbook, and I went to the monster section. Right. There is a uh, one thing that I have in here is random dungeon monster tables. And these are like all the SRD monsters uh, that make sense to like locate in a dungeon. And I just started rolling on the, you know, rolling on the table and uh, found black pudding. And I was like, well, black pudding it is. Right. And, you know, it's a little like that doesn't quite. But I also the, the other thing I had is while they were down here, they could see mosaics on the walls and old statues that that were from the age of Galifar. And then they found some stuff that was as old as. Um, the Dakani. And what they realize is that the Academy of Eberron is sitting atop uh, ruins Sire. So they're, they're, they're ruins of Sire that were built upon ruins of Galifar that were built upon ruins of the Dakani. So there's layers of stuff here. And, and it's because there's sort of a magical conduit in this area that makes it a really good place to practice your arcane stuff. That has now gotten disrupted. And now we have wild magic going on in the area. So they learned about that as they were going through this area. And, um, yeah, so, so the session was pretty short. The session was, they fought the, 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 the I'm going to call it a Calarail. That sounds close enough. Then I can't, that was that right. They, they fought the, the Calarail. They defeated it. They kind of scoped out the place. They decided to go through the sewers. They made their way through the sewers and they made their way up to the, to the um, top place. 
And, um, but it was interesting on like how to improvise. And it's really like when you're stuck, you know, if you have to, if like the characters go a direction you weren't expecting, you know, for me, what helped was finding a map, finding some inhabitants, right? Random, random tables of inhabitants and, and wrapping it in secrets and clues that I'd already written up. And those three components alone were enough for me to sort of fill out about an hour and a half of material. Um, when I didn't have it prepared at all. So um, I think that that's a, you know, that was an experience for me that I wanted to share because it was an interesting experience and, and it kind of worked. It's a little bit better if I know, if I had some more interesting features here and I had sort of encounters that were set here that I sort of predefined, that would have been better. But I had what I had. Uh, so let's put that aside and let's go to our notes and start preparing for today's game. So, um, we have our, uh, generate, oh, what did I just do? Uh, we have generate a session planning template. We click that. It generates a new template for today's game. You go in here. It is six December 2020 Sunday Eberron. Uh, I, this is for my Sunday game. Uh, I custom, whoops, I customized my sheet here a little bit um, by, to make it a little bit faster for me to do these notes. Um, and I showed this trick in, I just did a video about how to use Notion for D&D. &D, uh, so you can take a look at that. Um, I, I need to link that on the article, by the way. Uh, I got to remember to do that. Uh, but yeah, I did a new YouTube video last week, I think. And it's been very popular. Um, it's like a it's like a thirty minute video on how to use Notion for D and D prep. But one of the things I talk about in that video, and I'll show it now, is you can go to your session generating template link here. You click the little gear, and that shows you the button name and the template. And you click the template, and you can customize the template in here, uh, however you want. And then every time you click that session generation button, it will um, generate that new version of the template. So it's a real handy trick for customizing the template. So that's how I customize that. So first thing we do is review the Sunday characters. Uh, we have uh, six characters in our game. I don't, so I think Pat Zarentier is not going to be able to make it, but I think everyone else might. So we have Arwen Chi Sizu, uh, who is a uh, dragon-marked member of House Civis, uh, a latent dragon-marked member of House Civis. Uh, her father exists inside of a memory crystal that is inside a docent in the head of Banner. Uh, Banner is a warforged paladin of the Becoming God, who has um, Hrun Sizu, Arwen's father, encased in a memory crystal in his head, who likes to be referred to as Uncle Hrun and gets very upset when Banner does, refuses to refer to him as Uncle Hrun. So uh, one of the things is like, he'll get knocked unconscious and he'll find out and there's Uncle Hrun and he's like, I'll help you up, but you gotta call me Uncle Hrun. And he's like, uh, we have Saber. Saber is a uh, shifter monk of the Four Winds bounty hunter. Saber rec knows that the House Thorani assassins are a bunch of bad people. Um, he, he probably knows their leader, Needle, and knows that she was an assassin of royalty back during the last war. Uh, Needle is the leader of the assassins that, are, that we're going to find in this area. Uh, Saber... It, uh, sorry, Shane Husk is famed novelist, uh, hobgoblin wizard, uh, who wrote a lot about the last war and knows a lot about the lore of the place. So he's he may have even visited this place back during the war, uh, and after and 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 remembered it during the morning. So he might there might be um, there might be more there. Um, Shift 
is a one of the first Warforged ever made who has her brother Crash embedded in her memory crystal in her head. We have lots of NPCs. Um, is this set in Sire? So Sire is destroyed and is now the Mornland. And this is set in the Mornland where Sire used to be. Um, so Shift is a um, uh, monk. I'm sorry, a Warforged um, warlock whose patron is her uh, grandmother uh, who happens to be um, uh, uh, Lady Elmaro, the Lich Queen that runs the uh, Emerald Claw. And she just recently found it. So I had to, if you recall, in last, in our last show, I had to come up with a uh, lost day for shift. And I did and gave it to her. And she says, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. And I was like, it's, that's cool. It's up to you. But the reality is she was built to serve the Emerald Claw, even though she was in Sire. And um, coffee and got like all coffee grounds down my mouth so <clears throat> little horse sorry about that um that'll be fun on the podcast hey, sorry podcast listeners i swallow coffee grounds not uh not, not good for your asmr so um so shift again I, there's a lot of fun that i can have with shift and then the connection with lady omaro so i think like right off the bat i've got a couple of ideas for secrets so let me uh we're gonna open up a new window here and we're going to go to our notes and we're going to drop down to secrets. You don't have to follow um, the steps in order. Uh, you can jump all over the place. I mean, you are, of course, free to do anything you want, including deleting steps or throwing them away completely and come and go with your own steps or whatever you want. But one thing is like, if you, well, how do you do it? Well, I jump around a lot. I'll, I'll go, you know, especially starting with reviewing the characters. And if I get secret ideas from thinking about the characters, I want to immediately go down to secrets. So uh, Lady Ilmaro is Shift's patron, Warlock patron. I don't know if I've ever stated that explicitly, but that's important to have. Um, Crash. Uh, knows that. Um, can. Uh, uh, Vincent DeKenneth disabled the uh disabled lady omaro's failsafe in shift you see like i'm li i'm like linking to every character here lord crash knows that vincent dkneth disabled lady omaro's failsafe in shift shift can choose her own actions as she wishes so those are two secrets. Um, uh, uh, Saber uh, knows that Needle. Saber knows that Needle uh, was an assassin for House. Uh, this is before the Rift. Uh, who is the other? So House Therani was uh, part of another dragon-marked house, a Falern, Fearlarn. I never know how to pronounce that. Um, 
Um, uh, Saber knows that Needle was an assassin for House Falarn during the war uh, and murdered lines of royalty to destabilize numerous nations. Um, Needle sided with uh, House Thorani during the split between Thorani and Falern. Farlan? Farlan. And House Farlan. Her own doing helped fuel these the the rift her own assassinations uh needle hopes to find enough blackmail material on my senta Uh, hopes to find enough blackmail material on my Senta to um, blackmail many members of the Dragon Marked Houses for their crimes during the last war. Um, see, I'm just banging out secrets today, boy. Uh, what else? Um, my Senta killed themselves, uh, for once they realized the horror of the morning and the part they played within it. Um, other, other interesting bits here. Uh, uh, the daughters are close. The daughters of Sorakel are close to finding the city of making. And, uh, and plan to um, go there in force. All right, three, four, five, six, seven. So I got the seven. It's always the last few secrets. We'll hang on to those last three. Uh, the last three secrets are always hard. So uh, strong start. Uh, spy wanders into the room. Um. Uh, two spies wander into the room looking for some privacy. That's always a good start. You know, fun, fun, strong start. Like, uh, you know, I have an article called Two Thugs in the Woods, which is about how you can build combat encounters that are low power, not dangerous, but somewhat threatening in that, like, you know, if you alert people, it could be bad for you. And you can essentially create 
a situation, like one of the easiest ways to build a situation that lets the players, gives the players a lot of agency about how they want to approach it is to have them face unwitting uh, enemies, unwitting low power enemies, right? So like you're in the Sahuigan um, lair in the final enemy and you're hiding out in a room and two Sahuigan are walking by dragging a uh, merfolk, you know, a merfolk prisoner. And they can easily take out two Sahuigan, right? But it's like, do they hide and let them go? Do they grab them? Do they try to pretend that something else is going on? Do they fight them? You sort of create this situation that gives them a lot of different ways to approach it. And you kind of see how they approach it, right? And it's just, it's a really simple model for building a fun situation. It's a great way to do a strong start of like, you know, two spies, you know, these are two House Therani spies, right? Two House Therani spies are into each other and they're looking for some privacy and they are kind of giggling and they bust up in the room and they sit and the whole party is standing there on the other side, infil having infiltrated it from this other place. What happens, right? I don't know. Do they cast sleep on them? Because they're just spies. You can knock them out, right? Uh, spies are relatively low. Uh, and you think about it, it's like the characters are 10th level, right? So how are two spies a threat? Well, guess what? You don't build encounters based on the level of the characters. You build encounters based on the situation in the game. And then you see, are, are those dead? Are the, you know, am I going to accidentally kill them? I'm pretty sure I'm not going to kill them with, um, uh, I'm not going to kill them with um, uh, two spies. What information do the spies have that can cause all kinds of trouble if they're let go? Yeah, right. It's an interesting quandary, right? The players don't know what to do. You be more careful drinking my coffee. I think I'm, that's the reason why it's the dregs. I'm at the dregs, but I have a whole other coffee. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's a strong, if good, I'm, I'm happy with that, right? I feel like I've got a good strong start. You know what we should do though is get the map. I, I've got this map to the sewers. That's totally useless. So let's go instead. Um, I made another improvement to the um, Notion, the Sly Flourish Lazy Dungeon Master Notion template. Which is now, if you go to the camp, the, the, the database, like the character, the campaign database, um, it is in um, date order. It's last in. I think it's last modified. Uh, uh, you can create a. I, actually, in this one, I didn't. So let me uh, let's go to the table view, and let's open one up. Whoops, open. And we're going to add a property, and the property is going to be uh, last edited time. Bang, right? And I actually don't need the created one, so we're going to get rid of that one. Delete that property. Sure. And now, um, uh, We have the, the last edited time is called last edited and we have it sorted by that. And that way, so here's a, here's a, here's a kooky thing. Breaking, breaking, uh, breaking out of D and D for a second. Uh, I read a really fun book called algorithms to live by, which is a great one for nerds. Like it's the most nerdy book you can imagine algorithms to live by how to live your life with mathematical algorithms, right? Boring. But one of the things they talk about is that the stack is one of the most efficient ways to organize stuff that if you organize your stuff from, that the most recently used stuff is at the top and the least 
use stuff is at the bottom. You're almost always going to be uh, finding the thing that you need because you tend to need the same stuff over and over again. If you assume that the way you pull your information um, follows a uh, uh, you know follows a um, a normal distribution, like there's some stuff that you're going to pull a lot more often than others, the stack is going to be a really efficient way to do it. It's like the stuff I I tend to modify the most is the stuff I'm going to need most often. Um, and so I bet you that's true here. That if I go through, there's needle is is on this list. Um, uh, Academy of Eberron, there it is, right? So I have my Academy of Eberron and I have my map. So let's go grab that. And what we're gonna do is move this map uh, to my other window so we can take a look at it. Uh, um, so uh, where did they show up? They showed up in uh, this small room um, right in the lower left, right above the converted barracks. Great font on that map. Is it? I don't know. I grabbed whatever font. Uh, I, I grabbed whatever. I did this in preview on a Mac. So whatever they did is what I did. Which is probably um, Helvetica. Apple sure loves her Helvetica. Um. So scenes, uh, two spies. Um, we have, um, ex, you know, uh, an infiltration of the academy. Uh, we have um, Geneth. Geneth Needle. And Mycenta. Uh, we have Karshak. Whoops. Return to Karshak. Uh, and then um, we have the new. So here's a secret. This is something I did for my other. Let's see, I don't need two copies of that. Uh, this is something I did for my other. Um, uh, for my other uh, group, which was that when Mycenta and Karshak get together, they form a new entity called Valis. Uh, I am stealing this directly from um, uh, Neuromancer, the book Neuromancer. So in the book Neuromancer, um, spoilers? I guess there's two AIs. Neuromancer is a book about two artificial intelligences that are kind of fighting with each other. Uh, one of which wants to destroy the other one, I think. And then the other one realizes that in doing so will be joined into a new thing. And at the end, they are joined into a new thing, which actually becomes a bunch of gods called Loa that live inside the internet. It's a kind of fun book. It's a great book. It's the best. It's my favorite novel of all time. I think Neuromancer is. It's really, really good. So, uh, and then onward. Onward to the glass plateau. And then we have making. And then we have claw rift. And that's, and then fin. 
So right there is the outline of the scenes all the way from now until the end of uh, the campaign, uh, which we can start, you know, I'm starting to keep that shining star out on the horizon. My other group is actually a lot closer to it than this group. Um, so I will, I will have a better idea of how that goes beyond. Yeah, William Gibson is the author and it's a fantastic book. It was written in 1984. So it's 30 years old, something like that. No, 20, what is that? How long ago was 1984? Not 40 years. It's like 30 years, 35 years, 36 years. That sounds right. Um, very funny thing about Neuromancer. Neuromancer is the first book. If you, you, There's all this stuff about cyberpunk. And if you look at Cyberpunk Red, a brand new game that came out and was already an adamantine bestseller. Uh, um, I got the, the boxed version. So cyberpunk is this whole cyberpunk RPG. I got the Jumpstart Kit which is pretty cool. And um, it's all cyberpunk stuff. All this stuff came from the genre of cyberpunk, which started with the book Neuromancer by uh, William Gibson. I'm pretty sure he was the, the first guy. The other novel that's often credited is Snow Crash by um, Neil Stevenson. And uh, the funny thing that, that Gibson says is he's like, boy, it wasn't a very good predictive book at all because we had, we had super sentient artificial intelligences and we had neural links that could drive your entire personality into a virtual world of cyberspace but everybody still talked on pay phones uh, and everything was still wired there wasn't wireless stuff at all and there wasn't uh and and there weren't cell phones <laughs> and so you know I, I just thought that was very funny uh so those are the scenes and and you know i'm all set there uh we're gonna come back to our secrets for those final three secrets locations are pretty easy we have academy Veberon, that's pretty much it. I'm not gonna worry about the rest. Uh, NPCs, just for funsies, we'll put Geneth. Um, we'll put Needle. Uh, we'll put uh, Mycenta. And we'll put uh, Valis. Good enough, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, monsters, uh, so who do we have? We have Spies. We have assassins, we have veterans, we have mages. Um, any other, if you were a, like a squad sent by House Therani, uh, what kind of, um, oh, displacer beast. Um, because House Therani's symbol is a displacer beast, but she actually has displacer beasts. Uh, that worked for her. Um, so here's another thing that we do. So here's Mike Shea's dirty trick for doing general encounter balance, right? And uh, so what we do, the characters are, are they 10th level yet? I think they might just be, let's see, let's pull one of them up. Uh, da -da. Uh, they are ninth, so they'll be tenth level once they complete this. Once they um, uh, recover Mycenta, they will become tenth level. Is that too early? Do they when do they get ninth? I think I might keep them at ninth level until they um, reach the glass plateau, which is pretty much now. So, yeah, pretty pretty much the same thing. And then I'll make them tenth level. So I think they're getting they're leveling a little faster than my other group. Um, So if they're ninth level and there are five of them, 
uh, we have nine times five is 45. Half of 45 is 22. So uh, max uh, or potential deadly CR uh, sum CR equals, um, I can't spell potential. Why isn't that changing? It is 23. They can face roughly 23 CRs worth of monsters in a fight that is at the edge of death. That, that could, you know, if they face 23 or more, it could be potentially deadly. That's the benchmark. So how did, what was that? What was that nonsense I just did? Um, so if you look at the encounter building guidelines in the Dungeon Master's Guide or in Xanathar's Guide, there are tools to help you determine whether or not to determine how difficult a battle is. A lot of DMs start by deciding how difficult a battle they want and building around that. Instead, what I do is say the situation dictates what monsters are going to be there, but you want to know if it's going to accidentally kill the party or not, right? And so what is the maximum number of CRs where you're, you have fallen into deadly, right? It's called, it's a, it's, a, it's a rule of thumb. It's a general use thing. It's not perfect. You don't build around it. You just use it as a gauge. It's a, it's a, it's a literally like a, not literally a thumb rule of thumb, but it's like, you know, it's a real loose gauge. And the way you figure it out is you sum up the total character levels. So if you have five characters in their ninth level, that's 45 total character levels and you have it. And half of that is, is, is uh, 22. I'm rounding up, but you can round down to and say 22, 22, 23, who cares? And so what that tells me is if I sum up all of, so let's say I'm going to make a fight. Let's say we look at who is surrounding Geneth the Orion. And he say, well, we know that Needle is an assassin. Needle probably has like a younger brother who's also an assassin. And she probably has a couple of mages with her. And she probably has like, you know, maybe three or four veterans and then three or four spies, right? So that's two assassins, two mages. Um, that's actually a lot of people, but they could be split up. So that's like the total amount. So if we think about the total, this is all of the group that she has at her disposal. She probably has four spies, uh, two assassins, including herself. Um, those are both dragon marked, probably her and her brother, right? There's needle and, you know, thread. We'll call them boxer. Probably four veterans, a couple of mages, and I'm going to say four displacer beasts, right? That's the... Um, uh, Why is that requiring? Um, so the total, these guys are, I think, CR1. Uh, the assassins, I think, are CR7s, but they're overdone. Uh, these guys are CR3s. Uh, I think mages are CR5s. And I forget what displacer beasts are. I think they're CR3 as well. Um they are CR3s. So if they were to face, yeah, Assassin's pack a huge punch if they get the jump in the party. That is true, because they get a free crit. Um, um, so if they were to fight all of them at once in one big fight, uh, four times three, so that we have four, uh, four and 14 is 18. You can already tell, like I'm way above four times three is 12, 12 plus 18 is 30 I'm way above the 22, right? Another 10 and then another 12. 
So they're going to have to split this up, right? And I think that the groups are going to be split up, you know, and I'll have to decide how they do it. Um, it's probably six spies because two of them are going to be um, heading off to the room for some, for some fun. Um, so, uh, so that's a good one. Then treasure, I really like... Um, um, I, I had one which was a plus one hand crossbow uh, that uh, disintegrates its target when they reach zero. Um, when they die. Um, so what do you call that? Clean kill? Uh, I need a name. I need a name for our hand crossbow. This is the hand crossbow that um, Needle uses. Um, ashes. That's pretty good. Perfect. Thank you, Rakam. Ashes is a plus one hand crossbow that disintegrates its target when it dies. Um, any other things that the you know uh, that they might find here? Um, I don't know, uh, what other, what other fun things could they have here? The cleaner is a pretty good one. I think ashes is a pretty good one. I'm kind of digging that. Uh, what we can do, if you, if you don't have ideas for magic items, you can always go to random treasure. And, uh, I, I prefer, uh, Donjon's random treasure generator and we'll pick CR. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and um, you can always grab monetary treasure is good. We'll throw some of that in here. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, we'll, we'll say like six, uh, four times potions. Whoops. Um, so you can always find that, and then we'll see what other magic item if you guys know of a good magic item generator that can roll like per table on the list that's in the dmg that would be really cool instead of me just having to hit reload all the time um uh instrument of the bards we don't have a bards bracers of archery Ooh, that might be kind of cool what do bracers of archery do and i don't know which character would be interested in these because none of them are archers so it's kind of hard to figure that out. Um, proficiency with longbow and shortbow again, a plus two bonus to damage rolls on range attacks made with such weapons. Hmm. What if they were bracers of archery, but they were only for crossbows? That might be kind of fun. Any of the players, I don't think any of the players care. 5v tools loot gen. Thank you, Rakam. Man, your uh, loot tables. Uh, oh, look at this. This is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, I is the which one is which is the good one? This one's good. Oh, loot boots is stringing spreading. Oh, look at this. Man, this site's great. Thank you very much. This is a perfect site. Love it. 
Uh, I got to remember this some somewhere. I'm going to stick it in my... I'm putting a link in here so I don't forget it. Um, yeah, I should have Adblock on this one. I don't have Adblock fired up. Uh, I forget why. I shut it off for some reason. So... Uh, but I like the idea of bracers of archery. So there's ashes and then... And she's wearing that, right? Um, so I think that's a good. Well, let's let's see. Let's try this. Let's try this loot thing again. Boy, the ad block. What if I if I click that? Those are Google ads. Um, a javelin of lightning, brooch of shielding. Um, whoa, what happened there? That's not what I wanted. I guess we'll go back to here. Uh, brooch of shielding while wearing this brooch you're resistant to force damage immunity for damage yeah it's not a very it requires attunement too that's not that's not real great is it resistance to force damage and immunity to damage from magic missile spell i'm surprised that's an uncommon uh like who cares about magic missile i think i'll throw something like that on the next person who gets magic missiled um oh it's 5e tools a bad site does it does it copy non-srd stuff like you can list i think there's no problem with listing stuff um if it shows it though so like uh what's a i'm trying to think of a non-srd um Um, Radhavanadad. Yeah. This looks like it's, um, this looks like it's doing too much. So, never mind. I don't recommend it. <laughs> we'll delete that from the show notes because it looks like it's got too, no problem. We didn't know. Um, it's funny because, like, I don't need, like, I think I can make one. I think I'm going to make one someday, maybe if I have time, maybe this, maybe this afternoon. Um, I should be able to build one using, um, uh, what's it called? That great uh, random table generator. Damn, that I, that I love. Um, perchance. And perchance is a table. You can, you can build your own. And I wonder, there's probably... Um, Oh, that's the Reddit page. Uh, perchance probably has um, five E magic item generator resource. Perchance, so this has you know, I, I wonder how this works. Interesting one. Let's edit it and take a look. Um, Yeah, it looks like somebody somebody did it. So they, 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 it rolls a magic item, but you can probably um, change it up here. So the thing is, it's like uh, perchance you can actually edit your own random and random tables, and it works really it works really nicely. Um, so uh, that might be kind of a fun that might be a fun way. I'll have to do more research on that. Anyway, I think I'm good on magic items. Uh, I wonder which player would be interested in like a plus one hand crossbow 
with a set of bracers of archery. Um, and it's really good for the villain. I don't know if it helps any of the characters. But it's such a bizarre item. And this murderous crossbow, right? It's designed to assassinate. Like you shoot someone, they die, and they turn to ash. And then you go, and all their ashes go away. And then you're, you're like, it's like they never existed at all. Uh, then I have my scratch pad. Uh, I get rid of the Wednesday people. And now I've got the Sunday people. And I've got my marching order. And I've got my alias for doing initiative for Avre. And, uh, you know, oh, so, yeah, we need more secrets. Three more secrets. Uh, what else could they learn? So I don't think we're going to bother to throw the making stuff in there yet. Uh, we could do some glass plateau. Um, uh, Karshak's last station is just uh, inside the glass the glass plateau the characters will need to cross the wastelands to reach making um how many do we have one two three four five six seven eight i need two more secrets uh, other things they can learn stuff about Geneth. Oh, so Geneth. Let's talk about Geneth. So Geneth um, recovered uh, Mycenta uh, because he hoped to use them to power a massive airship. Uh, Mycenta's Oh, come on. Oh, no. Whoa, what just happened? Everything still going? My whole screen went blank for it for a minute. Freaked me out. And I think we're still going. Tell me if there's any problem. We're going. We still live? I hope so. 77 viewers. Holy cow. Um, uh, my Santa... Uh, my Senta's um, docent was damaged and Geneth hasn't been able to fix it. Needle is looking, is frustrated. I think docent is with an E. There it is. Um, Yes, the idea here is my Senta uh, is the other train, and she her memory crystal is embedded inside of a docent, but the docent is broken, which means they only have one working docent, and it's currently the one that um, Banner is using uh, in his head. So they'll have to find a way to fix it uh, if they want to get everything to work. It's going to be kind of interesting how that plays out. I don't know how that's going to play out. I want to make sure they have kind of options for... You know, I want to put like a, const a constriction in place. Like they only have one working docent and it's the one that Banner has. I hate to take a magic item away from somebody. So I have to find some way that Banner still um, still gets all that benefit of the docent. Um, if they decide they want to pull it out, I don't know how that'll work. So uh, it could be, it could be, it could be kind of interesting how that plays out. Uh, 
yeah, so that looks like um, everything that we need for our for our game today. I have all my notes. Uh, I've got my strong start. I've got my secrets and clues. Uh, fantastic locations are pretty easy to do. So like, how's that gonna play out though, right? Like what, you know, and I'm gonna improvise it, right? And the idea is like, I know how many, so if you look at this number of monsters here, right? Um, I know, I don't, I'm not setting up encounters, right? I, I'm setting up, I know how many monsters uh, are in the House Therani group. You know, that's the group that she's been bringing around you know, and it looks like what, a dozen or so? We have six, 10, 12, 14. So there's 14 of them, 14 humanoids and four um, displacer beasts that have been making their way in the making and the more into the Mornland, hunting through the Mornland. They probably had more and they were probably killed. Um, are they hunting needle or do they work for needle? Uh, the characters are hunting needle. Um, all of this group work for Needle. Needle is one of those assassins, and this is her group. So she's a Dragonmark member of House Therani. These are all House Therani agents uh, that are that are with her, including her own uh, pet displacer beasts. Um, so yeah, so that's how that's gonna work. Um, but I'm gonna break up the group. Like they they'll wander around. They'll kind of see that there's different groups. They they might have to try to like Metal Gear Solid their way through this by by picking them off one by one. Um, and slowly bringing them down. Or they may just pop out and be like, hey, we're just here to talk. All we want is that thing. And she's like, I don't know if I can give it to you. And it could be a big fight. So it could be, it could be really, um, it could be really interesting. So uh, I think we are all set. So I think I might uh, call it a little early. It's already 11.15 and I have to get ready for, uh, I have to have a little lunch before my game. So uh, I think we're going to call it a day here. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for coming today. I always love having a group together. Thank you to everybody for uh, coming. Again, if you want to help support shows like this and the other works of Sly Flourish, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Flourish and becoming a patron member. Uh, and I will be back online. So I'm probably going to do a, I've, I've got a couple of videos planned between now and next week. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I've got, I've got some fun things coming up. Uh, but I will certainly be on next Sunday, uh, for this show when we go through what happened and where the characters ended up and how things go. So, uh, I'm going to thank everybody for coming. Have a great day and, uh, have a good week and get out there and play some D and D.